for tuning in to How's Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Allie Stevick. That's right. I always forget my you name. You do. Yeah, Allie. I'm Nick Gunning. And actually, today we're recording in the Nancy Howe Auditorium, which is, we've never done a How's Things from the Auditorium. Back in the All the Book Show days, when we had author visits, a few times we did sort of like a live podcast, and it was really fun because like the crowd would laugh or applaud or mm-hmm. anything, and it was like, ooh, this is so legit. That was super fun. The most fun we had doing that, I think, was Wendy Corsi Staub. So mystery writer, wrote a lot of YA, and she was just like fun and really leaned into it. So we had a good time with that. How are you, Allie? I am pretty good. The combination of the heat and my allergies, I, I'm not having a good time. I will say the heat is getting to me. There's a certain amount of like general nice person that I have, <laughs> and I mean, as the heat it just rises, sucks it right away. It yeah, proportionately. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So. Yep. We're down here because my office, they're they're actually they're repainting the back terrace. They're doing all the, the tables and they're doing the little like balcony that's out there. And so we were gonna record my office and the window was open and the guy was hanging out it. So Jim's busy painting, so here we are in the auditorium. Where uh, is cooler? It is much cooler. Yeah, that's that's the nice that's yeah. the nice uh, bonus there. We made the right choice. I agree. Let's, uh, well, we're going to be talking about summer reads. We're going to be talking about uh, some of our favorite summer reads, things we've read in the past, things we're looking to read in the future, because we're right up next week, a week from today, the summer reading program Oceans of Possibilities is launching on June 27th. So, so much going on for all ages, kids, adults, teens. It's not just for kids, you guys. Every year, people are like, is there an adult summer reading program? Yes. 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 There is an adult summer reading program. You're so. never too old. No. If you think you're too old... You are wrong. That's right. That's a good point. That's a I good hate message. To, you know, I hate to tell our listeners that they're wrong. No, but, no. But in I this think, case, I think it's justified. I think it is justified. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, let's open up our books and see where our bookmarks are at. <laughs> Allie, what are you reading? Well, I just started reading a book called Sense and Second Degree Murder. Okay. And I think I talked before on the podcast about the previous one, which is Pride and Premeditation. I remember that, yeah. And so these are like retellings of Jane Austen stories, Mm -hmm. but with murder mysteries. Right, yeah. And so, which I was like, that's kind of a fun premise, and we'll see where it goes. I really liked the first one. I thought it was a lot of fun, and so I was like, second one, here we go. It showed up on our shelf just a few days ago, and I was like, I'm going to be the first one to check this out. Um, Not real far in, but so far I'm liking it. Okay. I know I'm a little surprised that you like these as much as you do because I guess I feel like I would have assumed that you'd be a stickler. You know, that you'd be like, that's not how it was, you know. I kind but of you're am okay. a stickler. Okay. But I feel like these are like, they're charming enough that I'm like, sure. Like, and I also feel like they're, they're so obviously breaking the rules that it's like self-aware, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this is, we can, we can do this. Yeah. We can be like, sure, women could be lawyers or investigators or mm-hmm. scientists and all these things. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just going to accept it and go with it. Okay. So good. So it's murder mystery. Mm-hmm. But that's not your typical genre, right? Although with Louise Penny, I guess now it's kind I of I do like a good becoming. murder mystery. I feel like I'm not as much into, well. Like blood and guts kind of murder mystery? Not as much into blood and guts okay. kind of murder mystery. But like one that's like, oh, we like think about things and it's interesting. Like yeah. ones that are more that way or more like, let's explore all the characters. Yeah. Those I am, those I tend to be more interested okay. in. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's fun. Uh, I was reading a. I, so you know, we're coming up on summer, as I said. Uh, kids are out of school, so my son, my wife, and I are like, "What is he going to do all summer?" And so we got him a bunch of stuff for his last book order. I loved book orders as a kid. Was that? Did you ever get to do that? I don't think so. Okay. We so we would always get book orders, and I would go and I would like circle the things that I wanted, like old school Scholastic kind of book orders. And same thing now, like they're still doing it. And so with his last book order of the year. We got him a bunch of stuff that he can read on his own or things we can read together. And I got him the first four books in this junior level series called Ninja Kid. Hmm. Uh, An is the author of these. And it's about this kid who is a ninja, finds out that he comes from, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for a ninja kid, finds out that he comes from a line of like ninjas. Like his dad was this super ninja and he learns this because in a, in a very, like, Spider-Man-esque way, he wakes up one morning and, like, he doesn't need his glasses. Oh. And he's very, like, you know, he's dexterous. He can, you know, he's very, like, quick on his feet and everything, which is stark contrast to the clumsy days of his youth. So I ended up reading this whole one aloud to my son, and he really loved it. And that's saying a lot because he had a bad attitude about these books. Because the kid on the front, it looks kind of goofy, and like his ninja mask is clearly a sock with holes cut in it. Okay. And my son is currently just earned his first stripe in jujitsu, so oh. he's like, "This is serious," and Ninja Kid is disrespecting. <laughs> so uh, no, but he was quickly won over. So we read one book, and we've got I think there's eight or nine of these now, and we have the first four because of the Scholastic Book Order. So I, that's when I read aloud. I've been on a Star Wars prequel kick, and I can't remember. What's your take on the Star Wars prequels? You haven't seen them. You don't care about them. What the is it? Prequels? I have seen the prequels. Okay, and how do you feel? Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. You're, yeah, you're, you're, it's you're, fine. you're okay. Whatever. Like. Okay. I have in the past not liked them, and on the recent rewatch, I've been more like, okay, sure. And so I've been reading some of these books. I was just talking last time about one called Brotherhood that I read, and that was like a, a, an Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker book. I read this trilogy by E.K. Johnston. Uh, and it's the Queen's Hands trilogy, and it's all about Padme on a dollar, mm-hmm. you know. The weird thing is they were published out of order, and that really, really threw off my enjoyment of the series because it's confusing. So I read what what was put out as book three, Queen's Hope, and I think I would have liked it a lot more if I read it in the right order because I felt there was such a distance between the characters in book one and book three. So very weird thing to do. That is odd. But that feels like a little bit of a Star Wars move to be like... Yeah. The first one is number four. Right. So that's true. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just maybe they're just being uh, true to true to form. But I, I don't know that I could really recommend the book series because of that. It just feels a little disconnected, and I and I always feel like Padme is like the most underdeveloped character in that that trilogy. Yeah. And I was hoping this book would be like, here's all the cool stuff she was doing behind the scenes. Because she seems like she's really cool. I know. Yeah. But it's not really. So. I know. I, I kind of liked it. I particularly liked book two, which chronologically is book one the most. I have uh, mixed feelings about this trilogy. Not super helpful. Understandable. I'm still reading She-Hulk. Okay. And How's I'm, it going? It's good. I'm now a lot more excited about the show because I read all the John Byrne stuff that I read when I was a kid. Uh, I read it sort of because I just had spare issues here and there. So I read the whole run. And now I went back and I'm reading the stuff from the 80s, Savage She-Hulk. And this is funny because... Both She-Hulk and Spider-Woman were really created for, like, copyright purposes. Mm. You know, like, Marvel was like, oh, crap, we don't have, we don't have a, a copyright on somebody just saying Spider-something. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of rushed into development a Spider-Woman character that has nothing to do with Spider-Man, which I think is a really weird call that here. That is sort of strange. It is strange. She-Hulk was kind of the same thing, but it was also in response to, like, 
the 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 oh, what is it? The six million dollar man? Is that right? I should know, and I don't. But there was that, and then there was the bionic woman, and they were like, well, we have Hulk. We need, like, a lady Hulk. So mm-hmm. they made She-Hulk. But She-Hulk is a little bit more, it's a more fleshed-out story. Like, her regular, like, her Jennifer Walters persona is a lawyer, and she's like, I'm surprised at how much of the early She-Hulk run is about her courtroom cases, and less about, like, She-Hulk smashing. So it's interesting. I, I love comics from the 80s. And I feel like that's a that's an era of comics that like the nostalgia hasn't quite kicked into, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's like golden age, silver age, sure. Nineties and and forward, sure. And eighties is kind of like lost in the middle. Mm. So a lot of the stuff that I was picking up in single issues as a kid, Superman, Batman, or mm. whatever, is really not. It's not on the apps, and it's not really collected. So thankfully, She Hulk is both. But it's just reminding me of the nostalgia I have for those 80s comics. So all that to say, She-Hulk is a good time. It sounds like a good time. I'm reading it. We have In the system, we have a black and white collection called Essential She-Hulk. So they're, they, um, like I said, no color. But, uh, you know, you get the stories and they're all together and it's a good time. I'm about to start reading The Chase by Clive Cussler because it's one of our Oceans of Possibilities uh, book club picks. I like the little, like, finger jelly. Thank you. Thank you. Anything with Clive Cussler? Have you seen, like, Sahara or read any of the books? Oh, I've seen Sahara. Have you? Is it good? It's okay. Like, I was in college, and one of my friends was like, this movie is in the lounge. We should watch it. It's my favorite movie ever. And we watched it, and I was like, like, it was good. But I was a little surprised that it was like, this is the favorite movie ever. I know. I've never, so I've never read a Clive Cussler, and I've not seen Sahara or any of the adaptations. So this is going to be my first time. Uh, one of my college friends, Steve, is a huge Cussler fan. So he's like, oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. So I'm going to read that, and we're going to talk about it in a future podcast. But that's on my list. And then I'm, uh, I've been reading so much Marvel because of She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel. And then we did our Doctor Strange book club. Mm-hmm. So I've been like, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. So I jumped back to DC, and I'm reading Flash, Death, and the Speed Force. And the so you have Speed Death, Force. and you also have the Speed Force. So Okay. Are they, like, do they interact, or is it like well, one I've, thing, I've only read, yeah, thing is Speed Force? I've only read the first issue, but in the current Flash comics, there was like, there's a Speed Force, and now there's all these other forces that are showing up. There's like uh-huh. Time Force and other things. So I think the plot is the Speed Force entity is trying to like take out all the other entities. It's convoluted. Oh. oh. It's a little convoluted. So. Sounds a little, you know, cannibalistic. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, Speed Force eats Speed Force, yeah. Uh, do you have any feelings on Flash? Did you watch the show? I have not. Nothing? No. no. Have you watched any of those DC CW shows? I have not. I hear about mm-hmm. them a lot, though, from my roommate and my fiance. They're, they both watch them, okay. and so they're always like, can you believe this thing that happened? And they'll be like, why are we still watching The Flash? Yeah. It's unraveling and all yeah. these things. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. I almost feel like I don't need to see them because I know so much about yeah. them already. Yeah, that could be. I honestly, I don't know if they'd hold up. I feel like they're from a different era, even though it wasn't that long ago. Like the 25 season runs and stuff. It's just, it feels a little clunky. You brought up your fiance. And in our last book club on Doctor Strange, he was there. And he was telling me about, what is it? Agents of, Agents Shield. of Shield. Agents of Shield, which he loves, right? He goes yes. like all in Thumbs on up. Agents of Shield. And after that, I rewatched the pilot, which I haven't seen since it aired. Yeah. And I was kind of like, why did I hate this? Why did I think it was stupid? Because it feels very 90s. It feels like a, like a Lois and Clark era kind of show. And I like that. So I've only rewatched the first one, but I'm like, maybe I'll watch okay. some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So let him know that, he, that. he inspired me 
to uh, to watch some Agents of Shield. That's kind of all I feel like I'm watching at the moment. All the regular stuff, you know, like Obi Wan and all that. I'm still watching Star Trek: Strange New Worlds and liking it. But it's funny because for so long it's been like serialized, 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 and Strange New Worlds is episodic. Oh. And it's the first show I feel like in that genre in a long time that's been that way. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness, what a breath of fresh air. But because it's not serialized, I'm less inclined to be like, oh, I got to watch the latest episode. Because right, you're like, well, you know, yeah. we'll get to so it when it's we get kind to of it. A, yeah, it's kind of a toss-up there. Are you watching anything good, movies or anything like that? I just watched the first couple of episodes of Spy Family, which is now on Spy Crunchy Family, World. okay. And this is definitely oh, is it like a an manga anime? Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I really like. And so... I saw they were going to adapt it, and I was like, hooray, nice. today's the day. And then it was like, for a long time, I don't know what's going on. Netflix keeps being like, we have Spy Family. We'll show you ads for it in Facebook and on other places. I go to Netflix, and I'm like, Spy Family, and it's like, we don't have it. We don't have huh. it. So I waited until the right, the right episodes were available on Crunchyroll. Yeah. I started it. So okay. far, it's been good. Okay. It's a lot of fun. How can you not be excited about a spy and an assassin yeah. and a telepath child all pretending to be a family? That sounds good. Oh, they're, they're pretending to be a family. Oh. For like spy reasons. For spy reasons, sure. But then they have like yeah. a nice kind of family dynamic going on. Okay. And so we'll see where that leads. I think it's the plot of the Taylor Lautner film, Abduction. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'd be the only person in the world who liked that movie. So go check it out. Um, I'll keep it in mind. Yeah. yeah. Are you up to date on your Taylor Lautner <laughs> filmography somehow i don't think you're watching all of them okay well maybe you're missing out maybe you're not yeah i um i don't know that there's any big like summer releases that i'm looking forward to you know i like top gun maverick um i want to see the new jurassic world even though they've been hit and miss for me but yeah there's nothing that i'm like oh i have to see this even even thor i'm kind of like whatever you know we've been to this well so many times i don't know (laughs) i don't know i like i'm excited because it has been confirmed, right, that they are having Natalie Portman as Thor. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's trailers. And so I'm yeah. like, that's cool. It is. I, like, I want to see that. I'm going into it with a certain amount of cynicism just yeah. because I feel like I've been a little more disappointed with certain elements of the last couple Marvel Amen. projects. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And it, that so, I mean, jumping into our segment just a little bit, the Jane Foster as Thor run that Jason Aaron did in the comics, I've never read. And I do want to read that before the movie comes out. So that's one of my summer reads. Okay, anything else for the good of Bookmark? For the good of Bookmark, I know how excited you are about me reading Antiquated Things. I, I so love I it. So I just have I to do share love it. Yeah, please. that I read How Do I Love Thee, which is the collected love letters of Elizabeth Barrett Browning and Robert Browning. Oh. Which, if you don't know the story, they were two poets back in the Victorian era. Okay, we did a whole episode on Victorian things. Yes, I know. And they're both excellent poets whose work I really like. But the story is kind of sweet. So she was like really sick for most of her life, kind of an invalid. And he like wrote her a letter being like, I loved your poetry. Mm -hmm. And they started writing back and forth and they fell in love and got married. Wow. They like eloped and moved to Italy where she was like, had much better health. I guess the weather was, you know, better for her. Yeah. And so I was like, well, we got to read this. It was a good time. Okay. And I was like, I got to step up my letter writing game because I've never written this good of a letter. But, huh. yeah. I used to. Like, my first couple of years in college, I wrote a lot of letters. And then I've just kind of, like, gotten away from it. But I used to really frequently. And I always like, I mean, there's nothing, even now, like, getting mail is just a fun experience. You're like, wow. You know? I going, feel like going to the post office, not as fun. But getting the mail. Getting you know, the mail is good. Yeah, that's well, a good like, time. Well, I've written a number of letters, and I always thought that I wrote fine letters. Yeah. And then I read these, and I was like... I gotta step it up. Yeah. 
Maybe you do. I For a long time, back in my teen years, I did a lot of plays with this group in, in Marshall, Michigan. Shout out to Marshall. And my friend Laura and I, when I was like going away to college, we were like, we should be pen pals. We should be old school pen pals. And we did that for years. And it was so much fun. And then just sort of like gradually as we each like got married and had kids and stuff we kind of like got away from doing it but it was really fun and she would always find like a random old postcard or something like I never knew what was gonna like it was rarely just a letter Mm -hmm. you know like one time it was a postcard made of wood and it was just you know it was a fun time the lost art of letter writing have you ever heard of doing the letter game no I have not okay so what it is, yes. and there's actually a book that was written, basically two authors did this, and then okay. they were like, let's polish it up and publish it. Mm-hmm. The book is Sorcery and Cecilia. Okay. It's a great book. But, and it's, it's a nonfiction? Or fiction. fiction. It is fiction. Okay. Fiction. What you do is you decide on like a setting and characters and a reason why they're separated, okay. and then you write back and forth and you kind of tell a story to Oh, it. okay. And I had a friend in high school, Taylor, shout out to Taylor. Taylor Lautner from the no, Twilight Saga? No, not Taylor Lautner oh, okay. from the, style of the Twilight Saga. We did this a number of times. Okay. We never really finished one because we would start and we'd be like, we're going to do this. Yeah. And then we'd write back and forth and we'd realize that we were going nowhere with the plot. Okay. And so we'd be like, we'd break the rules because you're not supposed to talk about the plot. Oh. And we'd be like, okay, we're going to have a secret conference right. on the you plot. Right, you shouldn't do that. And then it would help for a little while, and eventually we'd be like, eh, let's just start a new one. Okay. So we did that a number of times. And you didn't fall in love like the Brownings? No. It did. Okay, it didn't lead to that. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, I don't know why we're talking about letter writing, but I love it. So, it's because of the Brownings. It's because, you're right, so you it is. You know where the Brownings It's because will. of the Brownings. Yep, yep, they pop up. Okay, well then, uh, let's dive into some book news. I, I thought maybe for, since, since this is our beach summer episode, that we take a look at Vogue's uh, seven of the best new beach reads. Are we going to do the, the ukulele? <laughs> yes, yes. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. Yep, shout out to Ben Lehman who wrote all the themes for House Things. He he just, I, I will, I've messaged him over the years and be like, hey, I need a new theme for this. And he'll just send us a new jingle that's just like perfect. And he's not like a professional jingle writer or songwriter. But every time he sends one, I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly the theme that I need. So anyway. So maybe he ben should Lehman. be a professional jingle writer. Maybe he should. Trip Existence uh, is his username built on Twitter and SoundCloud. And he's got some acoustic stuff on SoundCloud. So go check it out. Hi, Ben. Uh, but here we go. Vogue's seven of the best new beach reads. And we'll tweet out this whole note here. It was published May 30th, 2022, written by Emma Spector. So let's do it. Uh, Allie, why don't you tell us about the first one, A Novel Obsession by Caitlin Barish. All right, here's what we've got. Here's what Emma says. If you've ever felt tempted to keep tabs on a partner's ex on Instagram... Interesting. Hmm. Okay. This is going somewhere. Yeah. And then found yourself down a rabbit hole of their vacation posts from three years mm-hmm. ago. This debut novel, which follows a 24-year-old New Yorker named Naomi. Okay. Who becomes obsessed with her boyfriend's former girlfriend is for you. Well, that sounds kind of fun. I can't say I've ever had that happen, though. Oh, really? You've never no. been curious about an ex's new flame? Well, if I was, it wouldn't, it was not like, now I'm stalking their, like, social okay. media posts and I guess I'm obsessed. Right. Like, it's right. never gone there. Okay. But I feel like maybe you've you've peaked, just a little. I <laughs> just, mean, who wouldn't peak? No, just you're a right. you're right. You gotta know. You gotta know. You gotta know. You gotta know how you stack up. Uh, all right, next, the Summer Place by Jennifer Weiner. I feel like I've read one, or I listened to an audiobook of one of her books, like on a long drive, and that's the extent of it. And the funny thing about it was, it the, so it was an audiobook, and it was a British woman who was the narrator. And in the, in the book, and I don't remember what it was called, but the, in the book, the character had an American boyfriend. 
And this woman trying to do like an American man's accent was really funny because he was just like, oh, Cheryl, I love you so much. It was like this combination of trying to do a man's voice and trying to like disguise her natural accent just cracked us up. It sounded like this woman was in love with a Muppet. It was so oh funny. Goodness. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. This is Jennifer Weiner's The Summer Place. The natural beauty of the outer cape is the backdrop for plenty of family drama and romantic intrigue. Huh? And Weiner's latest novel, which incorporates the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I don't want to read about COVID. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to watch a full season of Grey's Anatomy about it. I don't want to do so it. So in a few years, will you be ready? Or do you think just never? No. Never. No. Okay. I don't. No, I don't want to. I feel like unless, <laughs> unless it's like expressly about that, if it's like here's a book or whatever about the struggles of COVID, then fine, and I just won't read it. But I, do, I, don't, want, I don't want it just, like, popping up in things, you That's know? That's understandable. Because we lived it. I feel like there should be this agreement Yeah. that we're all just going to pretend in yeah. fiction, in the in world fiction. of fiction. Yes, that's an important that distinction. That never happened There's a lot of people who, a lot of people who pretend was. in real life that it never happened <laughs> and were actively pretending while it was happening. You. Okay. Right after I went home, yeah. got, got kicked out of school, essentially. For yeah, the I remember that. Pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very exciting. Yeah. My parents were like, you know what we should watch? We should watch 12 Monkeys. Oh. And I was like, guys, why? That's tone deaf. Yeah. Huh. It was a really good movie. Okay. But <laughs> There's a series, too. So if you really, if you want more. Yeah. I'll keep this in mind. Yep. For the yep. next time we have a... Man. Uh, anyway, I never finished that. Uh, she incorporates the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, but still manages to feel breezy and delicious to read. All right, what do we got next? Okay, You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty oh. by Akweke Amaze. I think this person wrote like a YA book. This okay, like, yeah, it does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, Amaze can write a love story like no other, and this one, which revolves around Femi, a young woman healing from heartbreak, who's quickly drawn into more than one seductive and enthralling new romantic encounter, will have you gripped from page one. So, so far we have three out of three of these yeah. romance. Yeah. Should we keep track? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Let's do it. Uh, no, uh, number four on the list, Rainbow Rainbow, stories by Lydia Conklin. The stories in this dazzling collection take place everywhere, from a Midwestern library to a trans YouTube convention to an operating room, all of them encompassing LGBTQ plus identity in ways small, large, and compulsively readable. I've told you before, my problem with short stories. I have such a hard time getting into it. I feel like my problem with short stories is Goodreads. Because <laughs> Goodreads, I, it's like you've got the reading challenge. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I'm halfway through my reading Do challenge it. for the year. Yes. And so I'm like, well, if I have this book of short stories, either I have to read every Everyone. single short yeah. story or I can't count it as a yep. book read. Yep. And that just really trips me. Huh. I can relate to that. Take us into the next one. Okay. Here, Meant to be Mine by Hannah Orenstein. It looks okay. like this just came out this month, maybe. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. okay. A young woman meets a handsome musician on the plane to celebrate her twin sister's engagement, though quickly comes to suspect he's not the match she's been waiting for in this fun yet surprisingly emotional romp that's tailor-made for beachside reading. Hmm. So, okay. is it four out of five? We're, we're, we've got yeah, romances so I guess far? so. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Counterfeit, a novel by Kirsten Chen. Pretty sure this is on the New York Times bestseller list as well. So this is uh, this is all over the place. A stylish and mysterious woman who deals in luxury purses. That's you got to diversify. I feel like if you're only focusing on purses, you know what I mean. Like, can well, you really how make many your fortune? Can someone need? Well, like you know what I mean. Like, it feels like the thing. Like once you sell everyone a purse or a couple purses, yeah. then what are you gonna do? Second purse. Different outfits, different weathers, different moods. You know, I don't like purses, it's an accessory. So maybe, maybe this is a me problem. Yeah, 
I often, like, I usually have a messenger bag, and I usually want something like that to go along. But what I feel like purses are just an yeah. excuse to not give us pockets. What is the difference between a purse and a messenger bag? I feel like a purse has to be like, I look presentable and nice, whereas okay. a messenger bag is like, I am delivering mail in right. the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that, that pretty much sums it up. All right. Vacation Land by Meg Mitchell Moore. Also coming out Ooh, this month, I, I think. I love that alliteration. I know. Meg Mitchell Moore. It's like Moore. Vivian Vandeveld. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's pretty good. I want that to be yep. my name. Yeah, In this irresistible summer read, an aspiring writer heads to her parents' house in Maine with three kids in tow and her husband back in Brooklyn and quickly finds her family at the center of a web of secrets. A web of secrets. Does your family have a web of secrets? Not that I know about. Okay. If we do, I am clearly outside of the web. Okay. Oh, so maybe you're the one. Happening. They're like, oh, here she comes. Me? Hi, Allie. Hello. <laughs> Good to see you. Welcome back. We found a new show on VHS. <laughs> Listen, um, so that was the, that was the, the seven here on the, on the list from Vogue. Which of those do you think might make your list? Anything stand out to you is like, yeah, I want to read that one. I have to say the, the one with the meeting, meeting someone on a plane intrigues me a little bit. Okay. Just because I'm like, where are they going to go Which one was that? that, though? Is that the meant to be mine one? Yeah, Just meant to be mean, That's on a plane. the one I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, where she meets a musician and he's got, he's, well, is, that a, is that a web of surprise? No. He, he's not the match she's been waiting for, not so the maybe there's something been. sinister. Do you think it's something sinister? Or do you think he's just not a good dude? I don't know. Or do you think he just like only likes country music? <laughs> you think that's it? <laughs> that is a little bit of a red it's flag. like, play something and he plays like a Garth Brooks. Or maybe it's like, like oh, we're, we really can't, you know, like we're not yeah. compatible. We're not meant to be. And yeah. then at the end of the book, they're like, we're just going to be together anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, but how do you how do you end a book where they don't get together? But it would be interesting and different. You really paint yourself into a corner, I feel like, with those. It would be. No, it would be. But I think you can do that. You just have to have a hook that's good enough where you're like, yeah, okay. That's true. Because otherwise, it's like you get yeah. to, if it's just like too much about that, then you get to the end and you're like, I'm well, what was that disappointed. for? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there there <laughs> has to be, yeah, there has to be like an end to the journey that's more than just, I'm not going to do that. Maybe it's you learn self-reliance or, you know, whatever. Well, it's like, have you ever seen La La Land? I have, yeah. I feel like the ending of that, I'm going to try and say this without spoilers. It doesn't go Spoiler on how I expected. For La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's kind of sad. Yeah. But I wasn't left with a sense of why did we even watch this movie after? Yeah. So, okay. I don't know. All right. I feel like with La La Land, maybe hire people who can sing. That's all. That's my one criticism. Just, you know, charm, sure. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to sing. Did you like La La Land? I did like La La Land. Okay. But again, yeah. I'm like, it's kind of sad. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to rewatch it. Cause... The thing with La La Land, I feel like it opens with that huge, big spectacle, you know, with a big, and then you never have a group number again. I wanted more mm. group numbers. That's fair. I'm an old school musical theater hoofer. Have you done a lot of musical theater? I'm only a little bit, partly because I've never I'm heard you sing. By the way, I've never, never I've sing. never heard you You've sing. You've never been like walking down to the offices and heard me no. just down there like I'm no. playing jazz by mm -mm. myself and harassing no. Amanda. No, sorry, Amanda, for all the singing. <laughs> Have you done musical theater? You said no because of homeschool. Is that your I've excuse done a for everything? <laughs> only when necessary. Okay. Um, I, no, I was in Seussical the Musical. I saw. I okay, okay. I saw the uh, the national tour of Seussical when was I was in good? college. It was. It was really good. Yeah, it's a great musical. Well, and that's the thing is like they they were like Seussical the Musical, and I was like, what the yeah. heck? But then I was like, this is actually it a is. pretty good time. It's a good time. This is a good musical. Yeah. And I exclusively danced, but did not sing in 
Allegro. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. Mm-hmm. That's right. I directed a production of Allegro, and it's like Rodgers and Hammerstein's least known musical ever, and I love it. I think it's such a good show. I I'm, thought it was fun. I'm ready for that to have a Broadway revival. I feel like the reason it flopped, and we don't have to talk about Allegro for a long time, but I feel like oh, we the, definitely do. the reason it flopped is because it has very modern sensibilities, and I feel like the time when it came out, if you're like, you know, South Pacific, The King and I, Allegro, like it's not... I feel like that would hit a little different. Yeah, the spectacle is very different, and I really think, that's why I think a modern version of that could do so much with it, and it's never, it's never been revived. Mm-hmm. There's a studio cast of it, but there's not, a, there's not like a new fully staged revival of it, and I would be down for that. But okay. I danced in it. It was fun. That's right. Yep. I forgot about that until this moment. Uh, good times. All right. Uh, shall we roll into our summer reading section? Let's do it. I don't have a special theme for that. Sorry. Summertime. Sun. Oh, I like it. And the living is easy. Now I've heard you yeah, sing. Yeah, now you've heard it. Okay. Yes. So as we said at the top, summer is the time for the summer reading program. And this year's theme is Ocean of Possibilities. Are any of your, I did it again, are any of your books specifically ocean theme that we're going to talk about? The ones that I'm planning to read? Yeah. There are two that I'm going to read so that we can do book clubs. Okay. So those ones are ocean themed. What are they? There is Emily of Windsnap, which is the first book in a series, like kind of a junior level series. Okay. About a girl who's a mermaid. I don't know a lot of other details of that. Okay, is she a little mermaid or just a regular size? (laughs) I mean, I think she's like maybe twelve or so, so she's probably comparatively little. Then again, I've been the same size since I was twelve, so do with that what you will. Okay, all right. Boy, The Little Mermaid, when that first movie came out, was such a hit. And back, this is before your time, so let me just explain to you. Disney used to put out a movie, and then they would just arbitrarily decide if it was going to be out on home video or not. And then sometimes they'd put it out on video, and then they'd be like, we're taking it away. It's in the Disney vault. Like, that's a real thing. You know what I mean? Little Mermaid was one of these movies. And my little sister, shout out to Patricia, hashtag chicken patty, uh, (laughs) she loved The Little Mermaid. And she just wanted that movie. And so my dad got her a VHS of just, like, another animated Little Mermaid mm. movie. Is it the one where it's, like, she's got blonde hair and she turns into sea foam? Yes, and it is dark. It is dark. And the real Hans Christian Andersen story of The Little Mermaid is it's not dark. to be messed with. It is, uh, if you're expecting, you know, Under the Sea and all that, you're not going to get it with Hans Christian Andersen. No. So, yeah, lesson learned about The Little Mermaid. So, okay, so that's one. And what was the other? Yes, the book other book? one is The Magic Fish. The Magic Fish. I think that's what it's called. It's a okay. graphic novel that I know you have read. It's like a fairy tale retelling. It's yeah. like The Little Mermaid and Cinderella. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm pretty yes. sure The Magic Fish is the name I think of you're it. right. I think you're right. I did. I read that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I think I talked about that back when we did your first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fairy, fairy, fairy tale, tale Spins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a good time. Okay. Our book clubs, adult book clubs, grown up. Book. Mm. No, just kidding. Uh, the adult book clubs are reading The Chase by Clive Custler and a Murder, She Wrote book, and I don't remember the title but let's say it's something like murder at high tide or something like that it's a murder she wrote <laughs> we'll just ocean themed book so i i love the murder she wrote show i've read like 35 of these murder she wrote mysteries and i keep coming back how do you feel about murder she wrote don't know enough to speak on it really yeah that seems like a stevic family thing no I guess we're letting you down. I guess you are. I'll, I'll yeah. have to go home tonight. I'm going to go home and I can go okay. look, guys. Okay, we yeah. Failed we have Nick the DVDs. Gunning. We have the DVDs have here in the David A. Howe Public okay. Library. So you can check them out. That's what we're doing for that. Ellie, let's first talk about the book club we did at the top of this month. And yeah, I thought it was a half hour later than it was and didn't come to the book club. But I read the book. 
And That's that, all that matters. That is Cool for the Summer by Dahlia Adler. Did you like it? I did like this one. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, do you want to give us a quick plot summary? Sure. So the idea is this girl, Larissa, yes. goes away on vacation to the Outer Banks in North Carolina? Sounds right, yeah. Carolina? Yeah. And she meets this girl, and they have a little bit of, like, they have this really close friendship, yeah, they got but there's some, also some, a little some, chemistry. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she goes back home, and then this guy, Chase... Yeah. Who she's liked for years yeah. is now interested in her for right. the first time. Right. So then she's like, okay, this is cool. But then the girl shows yeah. up at her school and yeah. she's like, what do I do? Yeah. And then they sing Summer Lovin' on the bleachers. Yeah, exactly. That's a Grease reference. I wasn't sure that if That one got I it. know. That is the only Grease it, reference. But I know. Jasmine and Larissa do have a, a full on fling in that mm-hmm. summer. That's a, that's a key piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah, so I really liked it. I don't know the Demi Lovato song that they keep referencing. I don't either. And I was like, I'm going to look it up and I'm going <laughs> to listen to it. <laughs> Me and too. Have I done I that? never did it either. I never did it either. I'm sure it's a great song. A fun song. Probably. Uh, yeah, so I mean, right away, I liked all the Grease references. You know, I was in Grease 75 times. I don't know if I ever That's told you. a lot you. of times. <laughs> so many times. Uh, I know one song from Grease. Which one do you know? It's the Summer Night summer, one. Summer, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's a classic. Uh, yes, so I really liked it. I feel like it was, it was, it was just clever. I think there's a lot of cleverness in the writing, and I think like all the tension with the characters and Larissa's like trying to sort out her own feelings and stuff. I think there's a way that that could have been really like cheesy or just yeah. kind of lame. But while I think the the ending that we get to, which we won't spoil is probably the safe bet. Mm-hmm. I truly didn't know which way it was going to go. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of times where I was kind of like, mm, Yeah, know. like I felt pretty sure, but there were several times where I was like, well, yeah. maybe uh, maybe not, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I know. And I thought that made it really fun. I thought it made it fun too, because there was really a genuine, like, what's going to happen to this? Yeah. You know, and I felt like it explored the all the issues well, you know, like her own struggle, like sorting out her own mm-hmm. feelings, like how she feels about these people and coming to terms with that, I think was handled really well. And it was just like, funny you know i liked the side characters i thought it was a really good read and a good uh, a good book i'm sad that i missed the book club mm. was the book club discussion good and fun it was good it, yeah. everybody liked it mm-hmm. okay we had a good time all right so that i feel like was kind of my kickoff to summer reading do you try to do like you know i'm i'm like the king of christmas books you know as soon as thanksgiving ends i'm like christmas book christmas book christmas book uh, same with Halloween. I like to read, you know, a couple of maybe a Stephen King and some other spooky books during Halloween. Are you a summer reads person? Are you looking for things that are summery? So I always am like, yeah, it's summer. I want a summery book. I should do that. And then I start reading like... The Collected Letters of Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Right. Okay. I start reading that. Yep. I start reading like some good murder mysteries that have got like, you know... Like a fall kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I just can't can't dissociate fall and murder mysteries in my mind. Oh yeah, that's I see that. I see that. And so I'm always like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And then I feel like I like I'm like, well, what summary books do I even want to read? Yeah. And I don't necessarily come up with any. Mm-hmm. And then at other random times in the year, I'm like, well, there's a the summary read. book that yeah. I wanted to read. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm the same way. I think in theory, I'm like, yeah, let's read something nice and beachy. And then I just kind of end up, sometimes it's dictated by what we're doing for the book club. Or I have a sci-fi book club with some buddies. And so that's always like once a month, I definitely have to get that book out. And so I don't always get to the things I want. What are some of the things on your list this summer that you want to definitely read? Okay, so I'm going to be reading another antiquated thing. Yes. Prepare yourself. I'm ready. Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Oh, okay. Some people I know are doing like an asynchronous book club on Facebook. Okay. And I was like... Wait, what does that mean? You like 
take turns. You're like, okay, we have these dates and we're going to read these chapters by these dates. Okay. And you take turns being like, here's my thoughts on this chapter. And then other people comment. Okay. 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 I think we might do a Zoom call at the end. I'm not sure. Okay. But so I was like, well, I kind of want to read this book, but it's maybe 900 or so pages long. Yes. Yeah. And that's a lot. You need a lot of momentum to propel yourself through that, even if you like this kind of book. Correct. And so I was like, perfect opportunity. I will feel the like pressure, the social pressure of other people also reading this. That's that I'm already behind schedule. Mm. Mm -hmm. But yes, that is on my list of books to read. Do you do audiobooks at all? I do, yeah. Because a lot of the classics, there's a there's a site called Loyal Books, and they put them on anything that's public domain. They put them on as like episodes of a podcast, so you could just like subscribe and listen to them. And so I've done that with a bunch of things, like Captain's Courageous, and uh, I'm currently doing it with David Copperfield, and have okay. been for like a year. I just kind of go back and listen to a chapter of David Copperfield, and sometimes you know I'm reading it as well. But it's a fun way to do it, you know. I, when I did uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau that way on Loyal Books, it was like every chapter was a different reader, like a different person, and they put it all together. And the narrator doesn't really change, but having like the different, what the different readers were bringing to it, I felt like was a really, it was really effective for the kind of book that The Island of Dr. Moreau is. Disturbing, upsetting. Um, it worked really well for that. So yeah, that's a fun way to knock out some classics. And, and like I said, David Copperfield uh, has been... Uh, in my podcast feed for like a year and I feel like I'm listening to a chapter of it like monthly or something like that so I mean if it works it works yeah and I mean a lot of you know with Dickens and that sort of thing I feel like that's a lot of times the way people were initially introduced to them anyway Mm -hmm. you know with just like a section at a time and some paper or whatever so yeah you know it feels right yeah it works okay have you read a lot of Dickens I have not read a lot of Dickens okay so even though I've read a lot from that time period yeah it's like kind of slightly new territory to be reading Dickens. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've read A Christmas Carol a million times and I've read a lot of the old, like the great illustrated classics of Dil- okay. Dickens mm-hmm. stories. So I feel like, like I have a lot of the stories in my head and then I think like, oh, but I cheated. I read the great illustrated classic, but I still say I'm a proponent of the great illustrated classics because like, I know those stories now, yeah. you know, like, and I think that's really important. That's it. That is important. And it also, I think, to approach reading some of those is daunting. Like, you see mm-hmm. Moby Dick and you're like, no. You know, but once you kind of have the framework in your head from a great illustrated classic, I think you're yeah. more likely to be like, yeah, let's do it. Well, and especially, I feel like if the alternative to reading a great illustrated classic is just not, not knowing reading, yeah, anything not about the story, the then classic. it's like, yeah. well, yeah. this is a clear win. I agree. I couldn't agree more. So that's one for you. Um, I This actually is on the Library Book Club, but a lot of the reason why I put it on there is because I wanted to read it and felt like this would be a good time. And that is uh, Foundation by Isaac Asimov. I've only read short stories by okay. Isaac Asimov. Yeah. And I do like that. I, do, I read Bicentennial Man. It was really good. And we read the first robot book for a book club, and I didn't really dig it. And Foundation has a, a reputation for being, not unlike Dune, for being sort of dense and unapproachable, like you have to really commit to it. So I'm looking forward to trying that, to just kind of like diving in and see how it goes. Are you, have you read much classic sci-fi? Not a lot. I actually want to read Foundation, so maybe I Sign should up for the join book club. that book club. Perfect. Yeah. That's a, that sounds like a podcast episode to me. Yeah. Perfect excuse also. See, there's a theme here yeah. when you have like the pressure of like, yeah. well, now I have to read this book. I agree. It's going to be really helpful. What is, what's a summer read that you've read in the past that you like? So I feel like here, this, this is what happens when summer comes around. Okay. Rather than being like, I'm going to read a whole bunch of summery books, mm-hmm. I feel like the itch I get is I want to read fantasy and science fiction. Yeah. And I think the reason is when I was growing up, 
that was a lot of what I read. More fantasy than science fiction, really. Okay. Nerd. And especially mm-hmm. over the summer, I would be like, this is when I sit outside or in the armchair or whatever and read yeah. fantasy books. So there was a series I really liked that I read a number of times by Pamela Dean, The Secret Country. Okay. And I the don't idea know it, is these kids, it's like siblings and cousins have this like imaginary world they've made up that's kind okay. of like this fantasy-ish world, you know, that kind of like vaguely medieval kind of thing. And then they're magically transported to it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's going on? This is so cool. And then they start to kind of be like, wait, I, there's other things going on here that we didn't yeah. make up. What's mm-hmm. going on here? Okay. And I don't know if it would hold up because retrospectively, I'm like, I'm not sure that was really actually <laughs> yeah. such a good of a book. Yeah. But I enjoyed them a lot. And I read them. It was like a trilogy. I read them over and over. If yeah. you want a fantasy book that I really liked but may or may not hold up, yeah. those are for you. You know, I've got I've got a series like that. I wonder, have you ever heard of the uh, Spirit Flyer series by John Bybee? Have we talked about this? I don't think so. Is that familiar to you at all? I don't think so. It is a, it, and it gets progressively more this the further you go in this series, but it's a pretty thinly veiled, like, Christian allegory. Okay. But as, you know, like, the Spirit Flyer bicycle, I feel like sort of represents, like, salvation. <laughs> Wait, did you say it's a bicycle? Yeah, it's a bicycle. <laughs> I just, I, I need you to explain, I need an image of what yeah, it looks like. I mean, it's got like wings, like. <laughs> it has like a Spirit Flyer logo okay. and the kid like really wants this bicycle and there's like this dark element to the community that's trying to get people to not want these bicycles. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But I loved these books. I really did. And some of them are like downright creepy. Like they really go for it with like oh my the, goodness. I know, with like the dark the, I don't even remember what the what the thing is with the dark. I don't know if it's like a candy. I can't remember. But it's Bicycles this, are good for you, but, but candy, candy is bad. bad. I think that's pretty much what it was. Yeah. Spirit Flyer series, everyone. I do not think it would hold up. But I, I was like a, eagerly waiting for the next of these. And I feel like nobody has heard of these books ever. I thought if anybody would, I thought you might, but no. Nope. Sorry to disappoint. You don't have it. You don't have it. Um, I don't think that counts. I don't think that counts as one that I've read in the past. So I'm going to tell you, Desert Solitaire by Edward Abbey. Oh, I like that book. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. So this is a, it's a nonfiction and it's kind of a mix of, you know, an autobiography and philosophy. And you don't always, or at least I didn't, always like the author, like as a person. Like this is not a man that I want to hang out with. I'm, I'm pretty confident about it's got that. Got a little bit of a cranky slash oh for sure yeah real chip on his shoulder absolutely but i think what really was fascinating to me was he is he's a park ranger and i've talked about this before on the elder book show but he's a park ranger in the arches national park in utah and it's just him it's just him for like miles and miles he's like the only person you know so it's like he might as well be on mars you know and the so the experiences he has is like the lone person kind of looking over this place it's I mean, he gets into some real serious scrapes sometimes, uh, and other times he's just sort of contemplating, like, what does it mean to be human and being separated from humanity? Like, how does that change you? And so it's a very isolating kind of book. And the reason why I think of Summer is because he's just, like, out in the heat in this vast expanse of Utah, where my sister lives. Shout out to Patricia. Mm -hmm. Hashtag chicken patty. Uh, And I just, I really liked it. I really liked it. And I've recommended it to people who have read it, and they're like, this is just an unpleasant person. So I've never successfully recommended this to somebody else, but for whatever reason, it really landed with me right. And you, so you're a fan as well. Yeah. Well, my family used to live about two hours from Arches National oh, Park. Okay. All right. And so, like, we would go there decently often. Okay. 
and we were out there visiting not that long ago. And so actually my dad and I are like hiking through Arches National oh, Park, okay. quoting Desert Solitaire to each other. There you go. Like, There's no, you know, shortage of water in the desert. There's exactly the right amount. And my dad was telling me about this bit where he's talking about, he's like, I forget what it is, but he says something to the effect, this is an example of being kind of cranky and crotchety. He's like, we make the park too easy. You know, like we shouldn't have so many driving trails and everything, you know, like give the rangers something to do. If they break a leg, we'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of a funny thing to say. But yeah, but but so I read the book after, after we moved away from there actually. But I thought it was really fun, and it brought up some kind of like nostalgia for the area for yeah. me. So that sure, that was all. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely. If you have a, a personal collect- mm-hmm. connection, that makes a lot of sense. On the fiction side of things, Barbara Kingsolver has a book called Prodigal Summer. Have you read her at all? Poison- I have read Poisonwood Bible or Animal Vegetable Miracle. Oh, okay. I haven't read that one. It's nonfiction. Okay. Prodigal Summer, it, d- it does have a park ranger in an isolated space, but it's like the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. And part of it is that, and part of it is a woman who winds up, it's been a while, winds up like on a farm, and there's sort of an isolating element to that. And they're both sort of like coming to terms with life over the course of this summer. We read this as a book club, one of the first book clubs I ever led here at the library. And uh, I really liked it. I thought it was great. So that's that's one of my recommendations. What you pick, one you want to read this summer or one you read in the one past? I want to read this summer. So we've talked a little bit about the Cinder series by mm. Marissa Meyer. I've only read the first, but I loved it. Yeah. And since I've been like, well, it's summer and we need more of our like fantasy sci-fi now. For sure. I was like, I've been putting it off for no good reason because yeah. I genuinely really want to read this book. Yeah. And so I was like, this summer we're gonna do it. This is the time. Yeah. We're gonna read Cinder. Yeah. And so if we get to if we get to like September and I haven't read Cinder. Okay. I failed. Yeah, that makes sense. So you know I'm a big Star Trek fan. You're aware mm-hmm. of this, yeah. There is a there's a modern relaunch series of Star Trek Voyager and of just like the mainline Next Generation stuff, and these have been going on for such a long time. But with Star Trek Picard and other things coming back, then like sort of having an official ending mm-hmm. for those characters, the novels are sort of like they're all winding down. Like there's a final Voyager book, there's a final Next Gen book, and there's a there's a little trilogy called Star Trek Coda, and it's all about kind of bringing the Star Trek expanded universe, I guess, to a close mm-hmm. in kind of a natural way. And I really like that they're doing that mm-hmm. because. I've been reading these books for a long time, you know, like for a long time, like since college with the Voyager series. And they've done a lot of really cool stuff. Like it's, it's all, you know, it's hit and miss. But so that's one that I, I've kind of gotten away from reading those partially because there's been so much new Star Trek, but with this, with the expanded universe kind of wrapping up, I want to catch up and finish those. So I've been trying to like pick up more of those and, and finish them as I go because the opposite happened with Star Wars. Like when Disney bought Star Wars, that expanded universe had been going for decades and mm-hmm. had this really tight, intricate series of stories that were all very connected in a way that was almost not approachable because mm-hmm. you couldn't pick up a new book without... Right. You had to read everything. And so that was kind of a, that was kind of a challenge there. But I was pretty selective about the ones I read and just accepted, okay, I don't know who that character is or what's going on. But I read one called Crucible and didn't realize at the time that it was the last of those books. And it's oh. not really an ending. It's just like, and it just now we're done. happens to be the last of the book. And then Disney was like, we're not doing that anymore. And I didn't even know when I read it, you know, so I like that I have the chance to sort of say goodbye to the expanded Star Trek. That does seem good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's on my list. One that is kind of on theme for our oceans, oceans of possibilities. Oceans of possibilities. <laughs> yes. Um, the book Piratica by Tanith Lee. I love the title. Right? Yeah. That's already good. Yeah. And it's basically about this girl who 
her mom was a pirate. Yeah. And she has like these memories of sailing around the high seas and doing pirate things in kind of like a not like a we're super bad pirates and kind of like a more Robin Hoody yeah. slash neutralish kind of pirate because yeah. you know. And she's been like at a boarding school for a while. Yeah. And she's like, I want to go back and get a ship and get a crew and mm-hmm. go out and be a pirate. And so it's pretty much the story of her doing that. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun back in the day, and I do think that one would hold up. Okay. So, How do you feel about pirates in general? Is that... I think pirates in general are really yeah. fun. I don't really think I've read much of anything with pirates other than like Peter Pan and the sequel to Peter Pan. Uh, I haven't I haven't read a lot with pirates. How do you feel about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? I saw the first one, and I thought it was fun. That's probably all you need. I feel like I, you know, there's there's definitely stuff that's fun in the later movies, but that first one just came out of nowhere. It was such a shock. I, I remember, like, I was, I feel like I had just graduated high school when that first one came out, and everybody was like, based on a theme park ride, that's so stupid. You know, there's a lot of like, why are you making this? Right. You know, and so I saw that movie on a date. It was a date. And we had a good time, and we stayed for the end credits. And I feel like that was really the one that kicked off the whole end credits thing, mm. you know. And I just loved it. That first Pirates movie, I think, really holds up and is so good and so surprising. Uh, I really like it. And I have felt less so the, with every sequel. That's kind you of know? what I've heard. Yeah. So at some point, maybe I'll watch some of them, or maybe I won't. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling kind of neutral on that at this yeah. point. Yeah. I feel like maybe like the the original trilogy is pretty is pretty good even though it's maybe more than you want. The fourth one is uh, I think it's called On Stranger Tides. They took an existing pirate book and adapted it and kind of inserted Jack Sparrow, and that's exactly what the movie feels like. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. choice. And five, I think, just kind of loses the. Once you're five in, the novelty of the original is just so far removed that it's almost like a character of itself. That That was my feeling at the time. That makes sense. But you'll never change my mind about that first Pirates movie. I think it's great, and I think it holds up. Great music, good all Mm -hmm. around. Here's one that I think we both read, Allie, and that is The Girl from the Sea by Molly Knox Ostertag. You read that, right? I did. Yeah, because you love a good Selkie story. I do love a good Selkie story. Yeah, this is just a, it's probably a junior level graphic novel, a little romance uh, with a Selkie, you know, and I just... That's how Selkie stories usually go. Yeah, it is. Like, there's got to be some romance. You've got to create that I think you're right. But that is very summery and fun. It is, and oceany. Oceany, exactly, for the ocean of possibilities. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that. I'd recommend that. While we're talking comics, how do you feel about Aquaman? You got no feelings? Pretty much. Have you seen the movie? I have not seen the movie. Oh, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. The Aquaman movie is like, just so doesn't care. It's like, we're going to give you all the big cheesy Aquaman spectacle. Ooh, here's the thing that's going to get you to watch this movie. Are you ready? At one point during a fight, a giant octopus plays the drums. Okay, that is pretty great. It happens... And it's it's just unapologetic. It's like, yeah, look at this octopus playing the drums. We're Aquaman. So amazing. If you want to see it on the big screen, we're showing it here, July first. You can come and watch it. And actually, on June 29th in the morning, 10:30 a.m., we're going to be showing the Lego Aquaman movie. Uh-huh. So you can come see that. Yeah, I, I, so I've always I've always liked Aquaman. And back in the day, like during the Super Friends era, which was an animated series in the 80s, that they wanted to have Aquaman in because he was kind of a marquee Justice League person. But the Super Friends show single-handedly like ruined uh, the reputation of Aquaman. 
because they're never near the sea. And so Aquaman's powers are like never relevant. And so it's always just like, come on, Aquaman. And he's like, okay. And that, that kind of hurt it. That is frustrating. The Aquaman comics, I think, have sort of varied. They've gone in and out. Like, are they cool? Are they bad? Are they cool? Are they bad? I would feel like if you've never read an Aquaman comic before, I would recommend the Jeff Johns run that came out. I think this is during the New 52. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The first three volumes, The Trench, The Others, Throne of Atlantis, all really solid, fun Aquaman stories, also very approachable. So that's my recommendation for Aquaman. I feel like maybe I should read some Aquaman. Because again, like ocean creatures and everything. Yeah. I love that. So it seems like... You know, you might like the uh, the current run right now. I think I think they're on volume three or four. And we have most of these in the collection. The author's Kelly Sue DeConnick. And it is a little bit more fantasy-based. Okay. And it's kind of... Um, it's, it's a good place to start because it's like Aquaman in unfamiliar territory. So you don't need to know a lot of what's gone before. Mm. So that might be a good place be for you to start. Yeah. Final recommendations? Summer is hot. <laughs> Summer is hot. Yes, that is true. But you can stay inside and be cool and read. That's right. That's right. Or read in your hammock if you yep. like hot weather. Join us for book clubs because we've got lots of book clubs going on and we'll have copies in the library. Nobody has been coming to the adult book club books. So let's just get that right out there. I want people to come and talk about these books with me. So if you're local, come and hang out. If you're not local, you can join the library discord yes. because in early July, we're going to be, I don't remember the date right off the top of my head. Do I you remember? I don't know if we set the date yet. Okay. We're going to be talking about Ms. Marvel. So you can talk about the new show. You can talk about the comics, any Ms. Marvel thing you want to talk about. And we'll probably focus a little bit on the initial comics and hopefully on the show people have seen by then too. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Um, come sign up for the summer reading program. Signups are happening. Uh, technically, it starts uh, July 27th, but if you want to get the jump on it, you can come sign up now. Early signups get uh, a, a special Oceans of Possibilities bag, yes. and those are limited. So the sooner you sign up, the more likely you are to get a bag. And who doesn't need more reusable shopping bags we in their life? We all need more reusable shopping bags. I have 600 reusable shopping bags. Never do I have them at a grocery store. Well, it's like you need to have Never. some in your car, yeah. some in your house. Right. If you have like a messenger bag or a purse, you need to like shove a you couple do. in there. Yeah, when you're delivering mail in the 1800s, exactly. just toss a couple you in there. You never know when you might yep. need an Oceans of Possibilities bag That's in the right. 1800s. That's right. That's absolutely true. Next time, we've got a special guest on the podcast. We're going to be interviewing author Dylan Newton. So she was here last year. She and I talked about her first book, How Sweet It Is. And this year, we're going to be talking about her balloon rally-centric book, All Fired Up. The, the series is actually set in Wellsville, which is exciting. Which is pretty cool. Uh, and so there's a lot of little things you might reference. I, I should call her on the fact that even though she spent a lot of time in the library, the library doesn't get a lot of play in the first book. Mm. We'll see. Maybe we'll the, see maybe, if I, maybe the next one. We'll see. Or the yeah. third Or the one? third, yeah, because it's a trilogy. You call her up right now and be yeah. like, look. Gotta, I'll let her know. I'll in. let her know. So we're going to be talking to Dylan next time. She's going to be here uh, in the Nancy Howe Auditorium where Allie and I are recording right now. Dylan's going to be here on July 13th at 6 o'clock. And our friends at the Bookworm Books out of East Aurora, it's a great shop, so if you're ever that way, stop in. But they've been here for many of our author visits. They're going to be here selling uh, Dylan's books, both the first one and the new one. You can get them signed awesome. right here. So Pretty cool. exciting. So lots of fun things happening over the summer reading program. And uh, come back next time where we're going to see Dylan Newton. All right, Allie. I think that's going to do it for How's Things. All Happy right. summer. Happy summer. That's not a saying. <laughs>